Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We press on now in the book of Acts, the third chapter. So listen to what's going on here. Verse 1 begins like this. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And so the third chapter begins with an account in the life of Peter and John. We've seen the first two chapters, all that had happened, particularly the second chapter with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the believers being endued with power from on high. Well, now we're going to see what's going on in their lives. So Peter and John, they're going to the temple, and it's the ninth hour. Uh, This is Jewish time, so it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's the hour of prayer. Some things to notice here. Just note what's happening in their life. And, you know, quite often we want to point to them and say, okay, now they're believers, now they're Christians. No, they weren't called Christians for many, many years later. They were still Jewish. They were Jews who believed that Jesus was Messiah. They were Jews that were sharing with other Jewish people that Jesus was Messiah. And they were still going about a Jewish life. They're going to the temple. Why do you go to the temple? You go to the temple to pray. Okay? And, and, and they carried on with that. And so now they're going to the temple to pray. Verse 2. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. So here's the scene. Peter and John are coming to the temple. It's an hour of prayer. They're going to go in there. But a man had been brought along, and this guy had been lame from his mother's womb, lame from birth. He had uh, some people family members, friends, whoever, that would carry him, and they would set him down every day at the gate of the temple. And not in the temple complex itself, because somebody who was lame like that would not have been allowed to be inside the temple complex. But he sat outside the gate. And they put him out there in order that he could beg alms. Okay, And, you know, in our culture, in our society, even in the way... Uh, that we use the terms here, even the words, the translations we use, I think we sort of communicate something that's negative about this. The alms are actually gifts of charity, okay? And what he would do is he'd be sitting there and he would ask people to help him. Will you please give me something to live on? Would you contribute to my need? And, you know, all too often we sit there and we sort of want to point a finger real quick. And, you know, I, I was hit with this many, many, many years ago. I, I don't even know what brought it to my mind or my attention or to my heart or whatever. But, you know, we were really, uh, we look at this in the wrong way. He was doing what he could do. This was his job. He was asking for help. Okay, he was a salesman. He's selling himself. He's selling him situation, his situation, his circumstance. We don't think anything of a salesman. If we go into some place, uh, let's deal with car salesmen. I got several friends that are car salesmen. So I'll pick on them, right? Uh, we go look at a car. You know, they do all this stuff to get us to buy that car. Why? Because it benefits us? Well, perhaps, but not really. No, because it benefits them. 
Okay, they're literally asking you to buy this to where it helps them. Okay, it's their job. It's what they're doing. Um, we used to live in South Florida for many, many years, and down there, in a lot of urban areas, you'll have people. Uh, in the middle of the street at, uh, at stop signs, red lights kind of thing, that will walk along the cars that are stopped and will ask for alms. They will ask for things. As a matter of fact, one time a uh, local TV station out of Miami decided to do a little expose on that kind of thing. And uh, they followed this man. And this man worked this same intersection because they have their intersections. Somebody tries to move in, it gets to be a little raucous. Okay, And this guy, this is where he worked and this is what he did. And so they followed him one time when he got done and followed him home. Turns out that he lived in a house down the road, I want to say a couple miles, two or three miles, something like that. Turns out that his wife also did the same thing, that she worked another street corner, another place, just walking up down, asking people, can you help me? Can you help me? Yeah. Turns out that they had owned the house. <laughs> they bought the house, you know, had a mortgage on it, all this kind of stuff. And people just thought this was horrific because here they are, they're out here and they're deceiving people. No, they're not. No, they're not. As a matter of fact, I just had the highest respect for them because if you haven't stood outside on the pavement in the South Florida sun, you haven't had fun. And here they are, 10, 12 hours a day, walking up down this hot pavement, asking people, saying, will you help me? Can you help me? This was their job. This is what they did. Now, everybody else was offended by what they thought they had done, et cetera, et cetera. But no, no. So this man right here, he wasn't able to work perhaps traditional kind of things because he was lame. So they would put him here. He would ask people to help, and people would contribute to him. Now, verse 3. When he saw the lame man... When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. So however he did it, he asked and said, hey, can you help me? Can you do this? And I, I will grant you, folks, because like I said, I've lived in these areas. Sometimes they can get real pushy. Sometimes they can get real irritating. Sometimes they can get sort of scary and dangerous. Okay? Probably not somebody lame. What are you going to do? You walk away. Okay? But they can get aggressive in their request. Well, it just says here that he began asking. Okay, he asked, verse 4, But Peter, along with John, so Peter and John, as Peter and John's with him, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. This is really, really, really important. Now, we're probably not going to be able to get through the balance of this account today. And in all likelihood, you know what it's about. But again, don't let familiarity rob you of some things. I want you to lock in on something here. Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him, and he said, look at us. There was something here that arrested Peter's attention and John's attention, and they fixed their gaze on this man. They looked at him. They looked at him. They locked him. And you're going to see this phrase at least one more time, maybe two times. I don't remember how many times it appears uh, in Acts, but you'll see this thing, fixing their gaze. And he says, hey, look at us. Well, what is this fixing his gaze? I think it's a thing that he was looking, and all of a sudden he realized God is wanting to do something here. The Spirit's moving upon Peter and upon John and letting them know that he wants to do something in this situation and in this circumstance. So Peter says, look at us. Verse 5 says this, And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. So the guy has a sense of expectation because he had got their attention. Peter looks at him and says, hey, look at us. He's expecting to get some silver and gold, some money. Peter says this in verse 6. 
I do not possess silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. Oh, wow. This is bold. Peter says, I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. He would have been lying about it. He wouldn't. He didn't have any money, anything on him. But he said this, what I do have, I give to you. What did Peter have? Well, when you read the rest of the account, which we will in the next episode, you find out the guy's healed. Peter had faith. He had faith that God was about to do something. Peter had the word of the Lord. Peter had the power and the presence of the Lord in him because he said, in the name of Jesus the Nazarene, in the name of Jesus who heals, in the name of Jesus, walk. And Peter commanded a body that had never walked before to walk. Well, what kind of sense does that make? Well, it makes no sense in the natural. Okay. Now, we'll pick it up in the next episode, what happens immediately, because he doesn't just say walk. Peter does some other things. But here's where I want to leave us today. Do we have any idea, anywhere near clue, what it is that we possess? Who it is that we possess? And what that possessor, the Most High God Himself, Father, Son, and Spirit, dwelling within every true believer, what He wants to do in and through us. Take it before the Lord and see what He says. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.